0: Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. This is Stephanie, and it's episode 52. And I'm Diana. In this
1: episode, we're talking about our experience at the Ballparks of America to offer an unofficial guide to make sure your experience is great. We're also joined by a special guest today, Steve Beeson. Steve has coached our sons, Keegan and Xander, for the past five to six years in our travel baseball organization. And Steve is going to kind of offer us the inside scoop since he stayed with our boys 24-7 in the dorms at Ballparks of America. Welcome, Steve.
2: How are you doing, guys? Welcome. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for staying with our kids. You took one for us.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was actually a dream staying with these kids. They're, they're such well-behaved kids. Uh, it, it was not a problem staying with these guys for a week.
1: Nice. I'm sure we'd let them stay with
0: you a little bit longer then, if you're yeah. okay with that.
2: Yes. I'd be all right with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So the tournament we attended was the Show Me Shootout tournament for 13U only and that was in Branson, Missouri. It was July 16th through the 22nd. So, Steve, why don't you give us a little rundown about the facilities that you experienced?
2: So, there's there's five fields at Ballparks of America and they're all modeled after big league parks. There's a uh, St. Louis, there's Brooklyn, Kansas City, Chicago, in boston and uh they're very detailed on uh, how these fields are just like the big league fields um chicago has ivy fence um boston has the big uh green monster yeah kansas city has the big arch in the outfield Uh, they're all turf fields and um just a spectacular place to play at
1: yep absolutely and all the fields have lights is that correct
2: yes all the fields had lights and uh They'd leave the lights on for the boys after the games, and they could they could play on the fields afterwards also.
0: Awesome.
1: The thing that I noticed when I would first look at pictures from Ballparks of America is that there's buildings everywhere. And it wasn't until we got there that we kind of figured out that all these buildings, a lot of them are vacant. I mean, I don't know if you could guess, Steve, if it seemed like half half vacant, but there's just buildings everywhere because it's an old
0: outlet mall.
2: That's right. We didn't know it was an outlet mall until after we were down there and started talking to people and like, oh, that used to be the mall. And uh, so they turned the the stores actually into the dorms where the kids stay at.
0: Yeah. And once you like see it, you're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense now. Like you can't unsee it. You're like, yep. Yeah. Outlet mall.
1: Yeah. Like a tanger outlet.
0: Yep. So something else that I know parents are really
1: curious about is the seating situation. And Steve, you had the best view from the dugouts. But the seating situation for fans, they don't have bleachers, they have stadium style seating. And at all the fields except for one, the main stadium, there's like, I don't even know if I could guess how many seats there are. What would you say, Stephanie, like 20, 30 seats per side, maybe? Oh, yeah. And, and they are covered for shade purposes, so it's definitely advisable to bring some of your own seating because it's not enough for everybody. Which field is it? That's the stadium that has all the seating. That was St.
2: Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, the main the, one the was biggest St. Form. Louis. Yeah.
1: Okay, so yeah, they do have one stadium, and that one does have plenty of seating. That's kind of like the fun central part of the facility. And yeah. Do you want to talk about parking a little bit, Stephanie?
0: Yeah. So because it was a um, an outdoor mall, there is parking everywhere. Like there's two entrances to the park. So there was never an issue with parking. No. Nope. Very accessible. You could find a spot. You walked a little bit, but it was not anything that was like too far or, you know, inaccessible or anything like that. So, yeah, parking was great.
1: Right. And then, uh, Steve, I know they had batting cages available for the boys. Um, So I wondered if you could just talk about what that was like. Was it sufficient? Was it hard to get in? And where would you guys go to practice if you needed to?
2: So they didn't really set up times for us to practice. It was like first come, first serve. There's a lot of games going on all the time. Um, A lot of teams, what they would do is get up early before the games would start, and they would practice on the field before the games would start. The, The batting cages, those were also like a first come, first serve, but they had a lot of them. I believe they had 10 batting cages in five games going on at once so we never had an issue with getting bad in cages ever okay. so that was sufficient
0: great that's nice oh
1: you have here that the the buildings or the dorm buildings everywhere they kind of had the upper and the lower decks so we noticed oh, yeah, like yeah, during yeah. the home run derby or during the opening ceremonies people could kind of stand along the upper deck did you guys ever like hang out and watch games in between or just sit out on the balcony um every night <laughs> oh
0: nice
2: yeah uh so we were right off the Chicago field and like our room was right behind home plate. And we took all the chairs out of our dorm and the boys would watch games. It was a really cool place. And uh, matter of fact, the first two nights that we we played, they had fireworks after the games. So we had a really good view of the fireworks after after the games.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. So one of the major draws of this tournament is this dorm kind of life experience, and that's kind of why we sought out this this tournament. So you mentioned it a little bit. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the dorm, Steve, and kind of how they were set up?
2: We were up on the upper deck, and they give each coach a key. So there's three coaches that were staying w- with the kids, and the the kids didn't have keys. There was a, a, a key to to get into the building, and then you needed a key to get into your room. And then once you come into the room, which was really cool. I mean, it was like a professional locker room. All the boys had a locker with their name um, on a plate and a place to hang up all their jerseys and put their bags. And uh, on the backside of of the the lockers was their bunk beds. So each kid had their own bunk bed. And uh, that's where the coaches stayed with them also.
1: (laughs) The dorms, I think, were a lot cooler than I expected. And we will definitely make sure to post some pictures of those on the site. But like... Steve is saying the, the lockers are kind of going across the middle of a long room. All the kids' bunk beds are on the one side. And then the other side kind of had like a little common area with a TV. They can hook up video games, which I know our kids did.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. They, they play a lot of video games.
1: Yeah.
0: And then a table for all their snacks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then like a little cubby with, I think, two bunk beds in that little area. And that was kind of to have the coaches in a slightly different section than the rest of the kids. Yes. And right by the door, which I thought was smart placement.
0: Right. To keep an eye. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you kind of you mentioned earlier on that, you know, that you didn't have any issues and it was a great group of kids. But like, I, I imagine going into this, there must have been some trepidation being responsible for, you know, 10, 11 kids for a week. And so I guess just like if you were a coach going into this... <sighs> Do you have any like thoughts or, or words of wisdom or anything about just about how this went? And is it harder than you thought it was going to be? Was it easier than you thought it was going to be? Did you get enough sleep? Like, how did that all go?
2: It was actually easier than I thought because you're correct. Like, I didn't know what quirks these kids had when they, you know, when they live at home with mom and dad, certain little things they do, but they were so tired by the end of the day. They put themselves to bed and they were usually <laughs> out by nine o'clock.
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. That's nice. <laughs> And, you know, maybe we'll get to that later, but I have to ask here because... I was talking to my brother about this tournament because they're looking at going there next year. And he was kind of like, what did they do all day? And I said, well, I know they were busy, you know, and I know there was a lot of wiffle ball going on. You know, besides, obviously, there was some time in the batting cages. There was, you know, one or two games a day. But like, what did you do all day?
2: They, the, the boys did play lots of wiffle ball. That's like the big thing right now. But I tell mm-hmm. you, they were living their best life. They thought they were bachelors. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they walked from game to game, just hanging out with each other. Walking around, checking other games out. Um, they had they had a lot of things there for the kids to do. They had um escape room that they gave them a coupon for they could go do. There was an arcade there. Um they had uh, concession stands all over the place and they had their video games in the room. They didn't do the video games until like cl- getting closer to uh, go to sleep. But uh, there, there was just a lot of stuff for those kids to do. And usually by the end of two games, they were tired and they were ready to go to bed.
0: Right. Nice. And this tournament was unique because it was all the teams playing, all the kids were 13U. And so like, I think that was very cool. Cause then the kids were walking out and meeting these kids and they're like, Hey, you know, follow me on Instagram. Here you go. Like, and I thought that was really cool.
2: Oh, it was so cool. Especially that they're playing teams from all over the country and outside yes. of the country. I, you know, I remember Absolutely. my son saying, dad, look at this kid from Panama is of me on Instagram. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Even better. That's cool. Who would have thought at 13 years old, our kids would
0: be, you know, playing international baseball, essentially. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> The next thing would be the bathrooms and showers. So they're communal bathrooms and showers. How did that go?
2: Oh, that was a little bit of an experience. Our kids were great at nighttime after they're playing. like, all right, it's time to go shower. By the end of the tournament, the bathrooms were trashed. (laughs) Bottles of soap everywhere. Um, the shower curtains kind of half ripped all over the place, but, uh, you know, they're 13 year old boys. You can't expect them to clean too much. And not one mom was there to clean up after them. So,
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. did you guys have to take turns? Cause there was, wasn't there like one bathroom for like your whole left side or what of the building uh, or no,
2: there was, there was two bathrooms in, in our building. Okay. And it was nice because our, uh, our dorm was right across from the bathroom situation. And, uh, oh, that's good. All stalls for the shower. So it was very private that you walk okay. in. They would have a, like a little curtained off area so you could change and then they had the shower stall. So the kids okay. were very comfortable about using the bathroom and everything.
1: So it was like a double curtain thing. Like you had a curtain yes. for a changing area and then another curtain. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. That is nice. Cause if I'm not mistaken, I believe in Cooperstown, it's like, community showers I think and kids like shower in their swim chunks all together in oh, a group if I'm not mistaken. It was all together. Right. I know a lot of people were uh had some anxiety about that.
2: Yeah, it was it was very comfortable for the kids.
1: Okay. Very nice. So how about the food? Um so I know <laughs> we touched on this in our previous episode, but in theory they were supposed to be feeding you three meals a day for the most part while you're there which does not include the scheduled day off uh Wednesday. But could you talk a little bit about First of all, is that how it worked? Were there three meals a day? And what were your thoughts on the food?
2: Yeah, there was there was three meals a day. I know they opened up the food court at 7 a.m. Um, then they had the lunch, and I think it ran from like 11 to 3 o'clock. And then a dinner. And What they did was give us vouchers for the dinner, and the, the boys could choose whatever they wanted. They had hamburgers, hot dogs. Um, Every day it would switch up to maybe pulled pork, uh, pizza, um, very much like a school lunch type food that they would give out.
0: Okay. And how were the portion sizes? Were they like enough to eat or were they still hungry after?
2: I think it depended on the kid, whether it was enough or not. Um, I know for myself, it was adequate. I know some kids eat a lot more than Mm -hmm. others not like i wouldn't say it it was the best food ever but it got us by like i don't think the kids really minded much i can tell you the the coaches uh things that they could, should step their game up on the coffee the, in, the instant coffee's not not cutting it
0: oh yeah Ooh, good to know good to know
1: yeah or someone needs to pack the the Keurig i guess yeah so i just want to add in there cuz this sort of surprised us there were there's one night or maybe two nights where you guys played night games so then that made it more difficult for you to Go get food, right? So, would you recommend people kind of try to find alternate solutions based on their schedule?
2: Yeah, a little tip. Like, so we played a game that I mean, I don't think anybody could have uh, seen this coming. <laughs> that we we played a very yeah. very long game, and we were supposed to have a like a little bit of break in between, so the kids could get a snack or something in. And we we played so long, and then we had to. Um, jump right into the next game and yeah they're getting very very hungry and kind of uh, some of the boys were getting sick because they didn't get a chance to eat anything so right. I, I would plan on bringing some a cooler with some snacks just in case
1: that was I think a combination of a ridiculous amount of adrenaline because of what happened the first game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coupled with like exhaustion and extreme yeah. hunger maybe some dehydration thrown in. yeah yeah check absolutely.
0: check
2: check all the above
1: uh-huh yeah. Yeah. Besides all of that, it was an awfully fun night of baseball. It was.
2: I don't think I'll ever see that again.
1: No. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I guess we could just briefly... Well, we are going to talk about it later, though. We're going to talk about it later, so there's a plug. Yeah. Hang around. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So, But yeah, just to let everybody know, too, like, yeah, you could have used your vouchers, but there's no way of keeping that food cold or to reheat it because there's no microwaves. There's no refrigerator in your dorm. So um, what we did as parents is then we went out and had, like, food delivered to their room because we knew what time they, they would be getting off. And I think that night you guys just woofed food down and then you went right to bed because like yeah. it was a late night. Yeah.
2: Uh, some more advice too, if, if people like to do this tournament also is that so the first games do start at 8 a.m. And most coaches, they like to start their practice or warm ups an hour before their game starts. And the breakfast doesn't open until 7 a.m. So if you have an early game, you'd want to have something there for the kids to to eat on those games that you'd start at eight o'clock
1: yeah that's a good point we were very lucky in that we did not have an 8 a.m game until the final we did actually well the bracket game
0: right
2: yep yeah uh, Yeah. the the staff at uh, ballparks in america did us a favor and they opened up a half hour early so the kids could get breakfast in
0: oh oh that was nice that was very nice very cool. So I should mention this tournament was a stay-to-play tournament. All of us did not stay at those places that they listed, so we did pay the seven fifty per team. Um, some parents stayed in other condos, hotels, and then we had quite a few families that did a uh, verbo, a big house, and then you guys all stayed together. So many options there that that parents could do as well.
1: And I'll just briefly explain because some people go to this tournament that aren't well-traveled teams. A stay-to-play tournament means they're going to use a hotel booking company and they're going to send you a list of approved hotels or they're going to try to book the hotels for you and you pay through them, not directly through the hotels. Um, sometimes they can get you better rates. Sometimes it may not be, they give kickbacks to the tournament. So that's, that's why tournaments do this. And so if you want to book on your own and you don't want to use this service, then you pay a $750 fee to them to opt out. So that's what that is. That's what we did. And I liked slash didn't like what we did. We got a giant house through VRBO and I'm, this is Diana talking for myself. (laughs) So most of our families stay together. It was all of the families except for three families. And so it was fun having everybody together in the same house and it worked really well. But it was kind of a bummer that there were so many of us and then those other three families were missing. So I almost feel like it would have been better if we would have done something where we all stayed at the same place. Or maybe if we'd broken off into, you know, three or four different groups so it didn't feel like people were being left out. But that was just my I know. thoughts on that.
0: I agree. I did feel like I missed out, but because my husband was staying in the dorms, so we I brought my parents as well to help me out with the other kids and to do, you know, thinking that I was gonna do stuff on my own, but I didn't <laughs> like vacation so, type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was you were kind of torn between different spots. Like I did want to go visit them in the house, but then I didn't want to bring my whole little tribe with me. And so, yeah, just something to think about when you go down there.
1: Yep, definitely. So now that we've gone through that, I feel like we need to cover pricing. And Steve, I know you had a business manager to help you with all of this. So you probably stayed out of it a little bit.
2: Totally clueless on all this. He took care of everything. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. So the early bird fee that we got in at was around $750 per player. And I noticed right now, if you want to book for 2022, it's $860 per player for the early bird, early bird fee. Yeah. Uh, the first two coaches were free. If you wanted a third coach, that was 50% of the kid fee. So right now, if you're paying 860 per player, your first two coaches are free. The third coach is going to be another $430. 30 yep. And that's a correction based on our previous episode where we said coaches were free because I guess three coaches aren't free. Yeah. Two were, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The regular price, if you are a procrastinator and you're able to get into this tournament later, it's $950 per player my guess is if you want to do this tournament for 2022, I kind of feel like it's going to fill up pretty quickly because based on everything mm-hmm. that's happened with COVID regulations and everything at Cooperstown, I think a ton of people are looking for replacements for Cooperstown, and there is not much out there. I mean, Steve, are you aware of anything else like Cooperstown or Ballparks of America where you can stay in a dorm like this?
2: Not that I'm aware of it. And I Talking with some of the coaches that were playing in this tournament that also got a chance, unlike us, to play at Cooperstown, they loved this tournament they said they would do this one again and again and again if they could
0: oh that's good to hear
1: i know i'm so glad to hear that because it was such a bummer our kids missed out on cooperstown but Mm -hmm. after talking to a fellow parent on brian's team about cooperstown it sounds like to some degree branson has just about everything cooperstown does but with like a much more laid-back like fun vibe and a lot like half the cost so
0: yeah I love half the cost. Absolutely. And then Stephanie, why don't you talk about the best part about the fees or the lack thereof? Yeah, right. No gate fees, no parking fees. So um and which we found out because my my dad loves to talk to everybody when we go to these ball fields. <laughs> But there were even some locals there that just they just want to watch some baseball. And so they just come out and there's no fee. So they just pull in and they just sit and watch games. And so Steve has a great experience with that, too. Why don't you tell us about that, Steve? (laughs) Favorite local. Yeah.
2: Yeah. uh, um, My son and myself, uh, we were eating breakfast before we come into the ball field and um, uh, met a man there. And he come and watched us every single game after after talking to him. He was an interesting guy, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, so it was our very first game and, you know, an older gentleman showed up and he said, like, is this Coach Steve's team? Or he I think he said something along the lines of, like, yeah, I kind of know him. And I was like, oh, like, I thought this was, like, maybe a distant relative or, you know, maybe one of your parents' friends or something like that. You know, I didn't know until the third or fourth day because he then, like you said, proceeded to come to every single game Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that you had just met him down there and he just decided to come and sit and watch your team that was just the, ki- I don't know. We all got a kick out of that. He, it was really yeah. fun to have him there. Yeah.
2: You never know who you're going to meet at night IHOP.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. There you go. Look at that. So now we're going to move on to the extra festivities, which were, uh, took place in Branson. So the tournament was over seven days, including the scheduled day off on Wednesday. Um, we also had a seven day or seven game guarantee. There were 32 teams, and like I said before, it was a 13U-only tournament. So right. let's talk about the opening ceremony, Steve. How was that for the kids and for you? Uh,
2: it was very Branson-like, that's for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
1: think about it that way. Was but... it flashy? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it, it was very flashy, wasn't it? Uh, they had a a, a, a two-person band uh, comedy skit that that opened up. Uh, Once they brought the kids onto the field and uh, it was unique, that is for sure.
1: Yeah. For again, for people who have gone to Cooperstown or know about that, I guess it's more similar to that where all the teams are going to wait outside. They're going to walk in with their banner. They're going to get an introduction and they're going to go through and they're going to give several facts about your team from a sheet that they collected from you. I'm assuming you must have filled something out early on when you got there. Yep. And so, yeah, my favorite thing was when they announced that our team was – what they were champions of the O-Town Brawl, right? And then made fun of
2: them. They
0: so, don't know how legit that tournament was. Like, <laughs> shame on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were champs of the O-Town Brawl,
1: so that – no, that was great. But the co- the comedy – I don't know what to call them. I don't know if they're comedians or entertainers, but – they were buckets and It was boards. all of the above, yeah. And so some teams, like, didn't give any facts whatsoever, and they just made things up. And other teams, you know, they embellished a bit more. But I literally thought it was going to be, like, a graduation ceremony or something, and they were going to name every team and every kid on the team. And I just thought it was going to be really, really hot and boring. And I thought it was entertaining, and I feel like we did get to know the teams. Like, you kind of figured out real early on what teams had the party parents and Uh-huh. We had really fun guessing how competitive each team was going to be just based on, you know, the kind of style that they had when they walked in and everything. And and honestly, it's funny how accurate some of those guesstimates ended up being, too.
0: Absolutely. And then Steve mentioned there were fireworks for the kids, which was nice at night. Did they give you any warning that they were going to light them off or what?
2: We had no idea. The kids were probably in bed for about 10, 15 minutes and all of a sudden, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. And we we come out on the balcony, and there's a bunch of boys in in, uh, in their gym shorts and watching watching the fireworks out on the balcony.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. There are also some skills competitions. So, Steve, why don't you describe each one for us? Because some of them were a little unique. I want
1: to hear Steve tell exactly how the around the horn worked. Test him on that.
2: I still, to this day, can tell you where the ball went.
1: I'm kidding. It's like the most complicated thing. But there were nine kids on the field, right? Yes. So it's nine kids around the field. They're throwing the ball all around. They give you a crazy diagram to show you how you're supposed to throw the ball all the way around. And then they time you for who can do it the fastest. And The funny thing to me is I overheard people making fun of other teams because they had heard that they'd practiced the around the horn before they got there. And then once like I saw the diagram, I was like, oh man, we probably should have practiced this before.
2: We we we, we did. We did. We did practice because it was difficult to remember where the ball had to go to each next guy. And it it was something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the next competition, skills competition was turn in two. Can you describe what that one was?
2: Yep. So uh, it was turn a double play and we had a player at third base shortstop second base and first base and he had a a catcher and and a pitcher so uh the coach would hit the ball to third base and they would turn a double play and you had to do that twice and you had to hit every single position and uh you would go twice in your best time that was the time that you would go with nice okay wasn't that the one that we came really close I think we did. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think this next one was our best one. The oh, relay? the next one.
0: The relay.
2: Uh, so they had a, a a person out in the outfield that would drop the ball at the fence, and the outfielder would take the ball, hit a cutoff, and then the cutoff would throw it home. Uh, so it would start at right field. They would go through that cutoff, and then it would go to center field, and then go to left field, and the fastest time would, would be the winner.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. So not a running relay. It's more like an arm relay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A throwing relay.
0: So the next skills competition was the Roadrunner.
2: Yep. The Roadrunner. So uh, two kids from each team was able to compete in this. And basically what they did was uh, they ran around the bases and the fastest time was a winner.
1: Yep. Just from home to home, right? Correct. The last one is the Home Run Derby.
2: Yep. Two kids were selected from each team. In the first round, it was basically your two kids were going against each other, and then the winner between uh, your two players would would go on to the the main home run derby and would compete against all the other kids on the team.
1: Right. When we went, we checked in Friday, and then Friday night was the opening ceremonies. The skills competition was Saturday morning. And so they just kind of went around from these one after the other, back to back, like the five uh, skills competitions. And then Tuesday night is the, or for us at least, was the big event, Home Run Derby, and there was one person from every team, and they kind of make a big to-do of it, and everybody comes and watches. Mm -hmm. But I do have one question about the skills competition, and it's that obviously you have five competitions. Some of them have, you know, uh, two people competing. Some of them have nine people competing. And in between, do they give you any guidance about, like, was there a limit to how many kids or how many events each kid could do? Or was it just... However you wanted.
2: It was totally up to the team and how they wanted to divide the the kids up on on the events.
1: Oh, okay. So you could have had the same kid doing the runner, the Home Run Derby, the Turn Into, all that? Yep. Oh, okay. Were you going to talk about the check-in? Oh, I only wanted to throw that out there because I know for us that was one thing that I don't know how Steve felt about it, but at least the parents, we kind of felt like we didn't really know what to do or what time to be there. Because based on whether you went to like the frequently asked questions on the website or whether you went based on like an email that you got or if you looked somewhere else on the site, we saw three different times. We saw 12 o'clock noon, we saw 2 p.m., and we saw something that said 1 to 6. So we were like, well, we'll just kind of go at 2 because that sort of worked for all of them. And I don't know if it really matters. It seems like that range seemed to be the best. But Steve, do you remember what time you were there to check in? Was it a smooth process? You, did you figure out
2: pretty easily where to go and what to do? Well, we were told that we could check in at 11 o'clock.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's for coaches, though, so that's different. Yeah.
2: Well, I had to be there earlier, too, for the coaches meeting and, and check the team in. And it makes it very easy for me, too, when my business manager says, hey, be at this time at this place. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're like, got it. Got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so 12 o'clock probably would have worked just fine then if coaches had to be there at 11 to to do the check-in process in a meeting, right? Right. Okay. Well, there's that. I just wanted to include that because I know for us, that was one of the biggest, the parents in that in that
0: VRBO house were all trying
1: to figure out what the heck time we were supposed to be there and we were just kind of guessing.
0: Right. Okay. So now let's move on. We did have announcers at each game. Um, they played their own walk-up music. I thought it was good.
1: I feel like they had like 15 songs and they just cycled through. Like it didn't seem oh, like did? there was a very big playlist. <laughs> I don't know. Did you notice the music, Steve?
2: Not much. Uh, the first game, we we did a little bit because we played that team from Panama. So uh, it seemed like oh, they were yeah. playing playing a lot of their music. Um, it was pretty cool.
1: The team from Panama was awesome because the parents, like, I felt like we were inadequate as moms in our cheering section because they all had, like, rehearsed, like, chants and songs and uh, clapping. Yeah. And, and we kind of just sat there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I can't disagree.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know Steve. I know. You suck. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They had noisemakers and everything. I I know. I know. I know. I know. They were very prepared. So moving on to coupons that they provided in bags. They also gave out hats for us, like the swag for the kids What were some of the coupons that were in the bags?
2: They gave them a coupon for... There's a a water park uh, like right in front of the ball field, Silver City. So they gave the the kids a a free pass to get into Silver City. Um, They gave them a coupon. They have an escape room uh, right at the ball field. And I believe that was it on the coupons. I don't think most of our boys even used it.
1: I'll say for the water park. Did you guys go to the water park, Steve? We did not. So I know a few people went. And of course, it's one of those things where... They're going to get you, even though your kid gets in for free, because like if you want to go to supervise your kid, whether you're swimming or not, like you have to pay full price still. And it was 50 bucks. It was 50 bucks
0: for the day to Whoa. go to go watch your kid at the water park.
2: Any extra entertainment and branding is, is going to cost you a lot of money to go do.
0: Wasn't there? There was also a restaurant, too, that they gave you like a coupon for. Um... I think there were a few restaurants they had coupons for. One of them we went to was
1: like Pisquetis or Biscetti's. Okay. Yeah. Was that good? Um. I think it, well, I don't think I ate. I think I just drank. But like, yeah, I think so.
0: (laughs) Diana, you're revealing a little too much about yourself right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was so hot. I just drank. I just drank and drank. I think it was. And if I'm not mistaken, like we all paid with coupons there. And you're probably supposed to do like one coupon per party or something. And there were, I don't know, seven or eight of us with the kids there. And we left a giant tip, but
0: we paid almost nothing.
1: They let us use all those coupons. So that was awesome.
0: That's nice. You know, we've talked about this before. I've heard that Branson is always like the Midwest Vegas. So there (laughs) were a ton of like Things that outside people would do like Wonderworks, go karts, um, the world's fastest mountain roller coaster, fishing, kayaking. So, Steve, what was your favorite activity there?
2: I would say it was the world's fastest uh, roller coaster going down <laughs> with your youngest son. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe if Steve and uh, Declan will give us permission, we can post a picture from that that Stephanie Oh, asked.
2: totally. It was fast. The first time I went down by myself, and then when De- Declan got, I mean, added a little bit extra weight, it was even faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would fly around those corners, and you were in charge of, like, braking or just, like, letting it go, and then you would just fly down the mountain.
2: It was very fast. I was bruised the next day from going down on that coaster.
0: Oh, man. Oh,
1: crap. You probably didn't use your brake, did you, Steve?
2: Me and Declan use zero brakes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: All right, so Diana, what was your favorite activity?
1: Um, I did nothing. Like, I went and I took my kids to the roller coaster and I took pictures. They did go karts a couple times. I know they had a blast with that because there's plenty of go kart places. That was like pretty much it for me. But I felt like just sitting out in that heat and oh, yeah. doing what we were doing and like having to be social for that many hours. Like, I felt like I was ready for bed at like eight p.m. I just absolutely. I don't know.
0: It was a lot. Did you guys do anything? We, uh, we, we of course, went with swimming because um, we had a pool at our condo. Um, but then we went to Wonderworks and I did I did like that place for the younger kids. It was pretty cool. They actually had like roller coaster type things in there, too. But none of my kids wanted to do that. But I mean, we did. I did really like Wonderworks. But like I was saying before, that Wednesday off, like it was it was fun. It was good that it was off. But then also you were like, Tired. I really don't want to go anywhere and stand like in a crowd and do anything. So we kind of mostly did like low key things.
1: Yeah. I don't know about you guys. We didn't even go out to eat a whole ton. It was just so busy there. There, Branson is experiencing the same thing the rest of the country is, where it's like there's not enough employees or workers. So it seemed like anywhere you went, they were short-staffed, and you had to wait forever. So we we kind of did a lot of meals
0: in. Yeah, we did. We tried to go to a couple of restaurants. There was like a, a one- to two-hour wait at that Guy Fieri's restaurant. Oh, it was, was good there? once we got in, but um, yeah, the wait was, was crazy. We did go to the, I think it was like the
1: Landshark Bar and Grill, which was in like Old Town, Branson, where they have like a giant outdoor mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us really liked that that much. So that was not, we didn't have to wait, but it wasn't really like, worth the parking and the traffic and the and the whole experience just to get to it. Did you right. guys ever go out to eat anywhere that you feel worth mentioning, Steve?
2: Well, I mostly ate with the kids yeah. uh, back at the ball field.
1: Well, that's true. In your days off, you probably didn't go out uh, much. On the days
2: off, I, we went to the, there was a barbecue joint. Uh, pretty close by uh, getting basted.
0: Oh, Oh. getting basted. I was curious about that place.
2: It was very good.
0: okay. Oh, it's good to know. Good to know. You picked the right one then. Yes. Um, Also for the extra festivities, they have photography. It was $150. We bought it in advance, and that included 75 digital pictures. They sent an email about the games that they would be at and asked if there was a specific game that you wanted them to attend. Um, My husband emailed them back saying, yes, could you be at the first game because my son will be pitching? They didn't respond. They didn't go to that game. They came to another game and it was like, that's it. So they took 75 pictures at one game. So I say it is not worth it for the photography. We were, you know, super disappointed, but thank thank goodness we had Diana there who was able to take pictures and she took some amazing pictures for us.
1: And yeah. And one really fun thing Patrick did was he traded with the parent from another team so that Oh, yeah. He he took video and they wanted the video. So she said, I'm a professional photographer. I'll take pictures of your team if you'll share the video. And that was like really, really cool.
0: Yeah. She took some really good ones, too, which was very nice of her.
1: She did. Yeah. So really quick before I forget, because this was something else that was really confusing to me going into this Ballparks of America tournament. Um, So I'm so glad you mentioned the photography, Stephanie. And I think Mm -hmm. their issue, once again, is just maybe short-staffed. There were so few photography packages available or photographers available that they sold out very, very quickly. So I know at least even the day before the tournament, you couldn't purchase this photography package. It was completely sold out. So they have all these little add-ons you can get once you um go through the whole process of registering they're on, they'll send you some emails and stuff and there's different packages you can get there's like a spaghetti dinner or the italian dinner i think that's what they did the day of the home run derby and then there was oh, another Oh and
0: more food or yeah,
1: yeah and i think there was another dinner you could get free blanket well, yeah. not free. It was like you were well, purchasing free, you it. You had to pay for it. Yeah. It was like, yeah, so to say for like 40 or $50, you could get towels and blankets. And for extra, you could keep the blanket. Um, but there were different dinner packages. There were extra water park packages. Um, my personal choice was to not buy any of those additional packages whatsoever the dinners i don't know if they were steve do you think the the italian dinner was worth like 15 bucks a person or whatever that they fed you guys
2: for a parent to buy it no i didn't think it was worth it but i mean the kids it was they gave them their coupon to get the the dinner and it it was fine for them but as a parent i don't think i would buy it
1: yeah i think if you're looking for like the simplicity of not having to worry to figure out a meal then feel free to go ahead and buy those it's not terrible but don't feel like you need to buy any of that and then the blanket and stuff, get it if your kid wants a Ballparks of America blanket, I guess. But um, otherwise, just pack them a sleeping bag or a couple of sheets and a towel. And, and you don't necessarily, that's just my opinion, need to get any. You're not missing out on anything if you don't get those add-on packages. I
2: think Absolutely. we only had one one player that purchased the, the, the linens. That was it. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, Steve, we were going to talk about um, next how this tournament does offer pin trading, um, similar to Cooperstown and obviously our team did not participate with the pin trading. Um, I know a lot of teams did. And my guess is it's because a lot of teams that were originally planning to go to Cooperstown like us and went here instead. So they already had pins made, but like, what were your thoughts on that? Did the kids enjoy it?
2: Yeah. A lot of teams were very upset that we did not get pins. And, uh, I, I think though that the, a lot of the teams that did get pins, they had Ballparks of America make their pins, so they didn't already have them. Oh. Um, so, so, a lot of teams would come around and say, "Hey, we want want your pins," and the boys like, "We don't have them." And they actually wrote on our uh, the sign on our door that you know we're the River Dogs, and the kids put on their no pins. <laughs>
1: They were giving helpful notes to each other, not to bother with you guys.
2: One kid asked, he said, well, I'll give you a pen. Do you have anything else to trade? He said, yeah, we have snacks in here. So it took the boys about 15 minutes to learn that they could trade their snacks off for their kids' pens. So they got a lot <laughs> of pens, but they ran out of snacks fast.
1: <laughs> yep. And it was nothing on them because the parents are buying all those snacks, darn it.
2: Right. Right.
1: <laughs> so if you were to go back again, would you would you want your team or advise that a team have Pins made.
2: If we did it again, I probably still wouldn't do pins. It's a huge cost for pins.
1: They are. They're expensive. They really are. And I didn't realize that was an option for Ballparks of America to make them. Was that something you could purchase early on?
2: Yeah. Yep. They have around their website that you can go on there and uh, have the the pins made. I I think it was close to like a thousand dollars to have the pins made.
1: Okay. And I know when we looked into it for Cooperstown, that's kind of about what we had planned on spending. For pins right it's a whole thing and I I knew that Cooperstown did it I know a lot of other tournaments try to offer that but what I had read on Facebook and such was that it's not as widely used as you would think it would be it's really only Cooperstown that uses it but I would say in Branson there were definitely more teams that traded pins than didn't wouldn't you say yes yeah so you don't have to do it but the kids even at 13 seem to get a kick out of it so right Awesome.
0: Now we're going to move on to the basics of the tournament. Um, So this was the tournament information. They used event connect games were an hour and 40 minutes, 45 minutes for the bracket play. We did have a game go over. How long was that inning? Like, what would you say? How long did that inning take Steve
2: felt like an eternity? (laughs) I know. (laughs)
1: Oh, I think somebody timed it. I think it was a 45-minute inning, a half inning, a 45-minute half inning. Yeah, it was a half inning, yeah.
2: I would guess it was 45 minutes. It, it it felt like a long time.
1: So this was a fun thing for us. Should we ask Steve to briefly talk about? Yes, we should. The the inning that we're talking about? Yes. Set it up for us, Steve, if you remember. Well, I'm sure you remember. You'll remember <laughs> You'll in 50 it. years, and it'll be yes. even better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we were down 11 to four and I believe it was a fifth inning am I right on that
1: going into the fifth inning yep yes yep.
2: going into the fifth inning and
1: we knew time-wise it looked like this was probably going to be the last mm-hmm. inning
2: yes mm-hmm. and uh we, we were the visiting team so they had last ups and uh we were down 11 to four and I remember talking to the coaches like you know what even if we lose this this has been a fun game there was a run scored I believe every half inning like uh, obviously they were scoring more than us at that point yeah yeah and they took out their starting pitcher and then it erupted well <laughs> we ended up scoring 19 runs in in a in a half inning it, it was just it was unreal I mean I've seen kids they were just elated they, they'd never seen nothing like that I've never seen anything like that
1: yeah yeah I think we had four home runs in that inning
2: yes uh one player had two himself
1: <laughs> one player. Yeah. yep yeah,
2: yeah,
1: your son. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one run random player. Yep.
2: And uh, so we were playing on the Boston field too, so they had to be high, towering home runs to get over that 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 fence.
1: Right. If you don't mind, I'm gonna do a little shout out to your son because this was my favorite thing I think I've ever watched in my life in baseball, and that was uh, so Steve's son Colton hits a home run, early on in the inning. Okay, and he I think hit his double or something like that, his first time up to bat. I'm not sure. But was hitting like crazy. And then the second time he's up in the same inning, there's runners on second and third. And so they intentionally walk him because he hit a home run his last time up and a double the time before that. So like, I've never seen a kid more pumped in my entire life to be intentionally walked. Uh, yeah, he was.
0: <laughs> he was so excited. He was like
1: so fired up, Run into first base. Then Stephanie's kid comes up to the plate. Keegan hits a double, right? Uh, I think it was a
0: triple. Yeah, okay. it was a
2: triple. My
1: bad. It's a triple. And it had a, it had a chance to go over. Like when he hit it, I was like, oh, I think that's going over. But OK, so he hits a triple. Then Colton comes back up a third time in the same inning with runners on second and third. So I'm like, Oh, what are they gonna, do? what are they gonna do here? Are they gonna pitch to him? Are they gonna walk him again? Because it's the exact same situation.
2: And that was so, his fourth at bat, right?
1: Fourth at bat of the day or of that inning. Yes, of
2: the day, of the day. Yeah, it was his Sorry. fourth yes. at bat
1: of the day, his third at bat of the inning. My fault. And then his third time to the plate that inning. He stays up to the plate and then he hits another home run. <laughs> and I just felt like it was just like he could do no wrong and they like know, didn't right? know what to do. They couldn't walk him, they couldn't pitch to him. Like it just I kind of felt for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was a viewer on our live stream, I and I think it was a family member and they were like, "Is this the home run derby?" Like <laughs> they were It was like we were all like, I know, like the other teams waiting were like sitting by us and cheering. They were like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Like they were it was just a crazy, um, happy game. Like
1: it was fun. And the teams waiting to play were having a lot of fun. They each kind of chose a team to like root for. And when we were down and the team sitting by us, they were like, this team's going to win. And the, other, and the other kids on the other side were like, no, this team's going to win. They're way ahead. And they're like, no, you're on the wrong side. This team's going to have the best comeback you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> yes, and like, it was.
1: So anyway, the other team we played was a really, really good team. Shout out to them. Stephanie, do you remember who they were? They were from uh, Illinois.
2: The leading Eagles?
1: Oh, yeah. The Eagles. Okay, yeah. Shout out to them. They were an awesome team. They were like mm-hmm. really, really good sports, and it was just this
0: crazy, this crazy, crazy happening. But yeah, anyway, half that
1: inning. was fun. They were
2: a great team.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the other basics are employees, tournament director. Um, Did
1: you ever have to talk to anybody, any staff, or anything?
2: I never had to. I know Patrick would email him back and forth, but we never really had an issue that we needed to talk to him about anything. They were they ran things very cleanly there, so it was easy to. Uh, tournament to play in.
0: Okay, Okay. nice. Yeah, I remember before the tournament, um, Patrick had some questions about the bats and what types are allowed and what wood bats, things like that. So, and they were very good about um, communication.
2: That's a good thing to mention too. So the bats, you can bring anything you want, as long as it's U-Triple-S-A stamped. One field you have to use wood bats on.
1: At least for 13U.
2: Yeah, for 13U, uh, the Brooklyn field, um, yeah. it's a, a small field, so you do have to use wood bats on it.
1: Yeah. Do you happen to know if they had wood bats available if teams didn't bring them? Because I know that was yes. a surprise for a lot of us going into it.
2: Yeah, they did. They, I, I believe they gave us three bats.
1: Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of fun to have one game with wood bats.
2: We loved it because the, the boys, they practice with wood bats a lot. So um, I think we had an advantage in that game because... The boys were more comfortable using wood bats. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I will say something about the staffing that we really didn't see them. The tables were kind of dirty, uh, sitting out in front of the dorms and things like that, where you could sit to eat food. And there were a million
1: flies everywhere. (laughs) It did seem like there were so many flies.
2: That was one thing I had to get get on the boys about, is shutting the door in the dorms. Because if you left that door open for a minute, you'd have a hundred flies in there.
1: Aren't you the one that said, Steve, that there's something right next to the park that's like got animals?
2: There's a zoo. Oh. Yeah, right next door. Cause we went to that zoo. Okay. Uh, right cool. on the left field side of the Boston field, there's a water buffalo, like fifty feet right there.
1: That would oh, explain why there's God. so many flies yes. and bugs, especially at that field. We thought it's because it was like down low and it was just like hot and there was no airflow. But yeah. there's animals right, there. so that's probably why there's so many flies at that yep. facility. Okay
0: all right now that's there not we go fault, now we know yeah now we know
1: yeah it, the staffing was it, they kind of did seem to run with a bit of a skeleton crew for the most part in terms of finding someone to talk to if you needed anything it seemed like there were probably plenty of people but it definitely would have been nice if they had some more like cleaning staff mm-hmm. yeah his.
2: i'm sure a lot of that's uh covid related because one thing that did bum me is i like a very very clean field and they do let the kids um, play on the fields after the games. Uh, they they leave the lights on, and so in the morning there'd be like water bottles and stuff on the fields. Oh, um, but I I can't imagine having to pick up after thirty two teams after they just ran around like crazy after the games. Right. So I'm sure it's a COVID thing where they just it's hard to find staff right now.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. Next are our umpires. Our umpires. We thought you know we're fine. We were waiting on them kind of quite a bit, and then we also had one interesting and weird instance that we've never come across before steve do you want to talk about that
2: yeah i'll, I'll touch on the umpires I, I thought they were phenomenal uh we, we've had a lot of questionable umpires this season <laughs> yeah. and it, it's always uh, coach is worried about like what kind of umpires are you gonna get what type of strike zone is going to be and they do run a very true strike zone uh so that, that, that was comforting to know that they have they do have phenomenal umpires there so the the unique thing that we ran into we were playing a team and uh our, our pitcher said to me so coach this baseball feels sticky and I'm like all right come on this isn't like the MLB <laughs> so I go out to the mound and I'm not kidding you I stuck the baseball upside down in my hand and it stuck to me so yeah, yeah I brought it to the umpires and they're like yeah there's something wrong here so the umpires they did uh they checked players out looking for any kind of foreign material on them uh didn't find anything but so they swapping all the baseballs out and well, that's one thing that's pretty unique that this tournament, they must go through like a thousand baseballs a day
1: Oh, they go through yes. so many baseballs. And they don't seem to care.
2: No. Yeah. If if, if, a, if a ball, it's like it's like the big leagues, if a ball hits the dirt, they throw that thing out. Right. They they don't use anything with scuffs in them. So, yeah, the the minute we questioned and the, you know, the umpire felt the balls and they felt tacky, they were gone. The whole bucket.
0: Yeah, the whole bucket. Yeah, right. They brought out a whole new one. We had to wait for them to bring out a whole new one. Yeah, I
1: know that's a totally different issue, but that just boggled my mind because baseballs are so expensive. And yes, they're charging 700 to 900 per kid for this, but like, I. I feel like if I were going in and trying to help them make money from like a cutting cost standpoint, I'd be like, why do you go through so many baseballs? Like, get your balls back. Reuse them a little bit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These fields are on the smaller side, too. So there's a lot of home runs. And those balls, that go out of the park, hit a roof. You know, they get a little nick in them or they don't even come off the roof. Yeah. So they, they lose baseballs like crazy.
1: Yeah. And they yeah. never ask for foul balls back or anything. I mean, sometimes they'd get them back, but they were never like, hey, we need those balls.
0: They just got another ball. Yeah, yep. continued playing. That was nice, and I think one umpire even gave um, a ball to both of my sons, and I was like, "Wow, that's really nice!" Like, oh, like <laughs> your non-baseball sons just yes, watching my non-baseball ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or, just I mean, like, like to be nice, the siblings. Yeah, yeah. So whatever, that's cool. <laughs> we'll take them.
1: Yeah, and back to the sticky ball thing. I mean, I feel like. Based on what Steve is saying and what I understood was happening, like they agreed there was definitely something going on with the baseball. But like we're not going to strip search a 13 year old to figure it out either. So I feel like they I don't know if they did what they could do for the
0: most part.
2: Yeah, they they, they looked and looked at gloves and hats and we we didn't press the issue after that.
0: Right. No. Yeah. It was just we've never come across that before. And it's just weird that it was blowing up in the MLB and then here it just so happens. Like it was just very weird. Very weird. Yeah. So the next category would be our tournament structure. So this was a destination tournament that was 5480 for 13U. And I know that this is kind of why you guys discussed and you chose this because we were also looking at the Ripkin, which was 6090 for 13U. And so that's why we kind of went with the ballparks of America. So there was a designated majors level as well as like the double A and a single A and a triple A. And you have to fill those out in the registration paperwork before attending. So maybe you can kind of describe. How that looked for pool play and then for bracket play, Steve.
2: Yeah. So there's a there's a gold division and a silver division. And this is one thing I didn't really care for. So um, I don't know for a fact, but uh, what I'm understanding is that they'll look at your records and try to match you up with the, the appropriate competition of play and pool play. And then based on your record, you either get moved to the, the gold division or the silver, which that was the biggest thing that we were worried about. We're like, you know, we want to play the best competition available and then not get bumped down to the, the silver bracket because we had to play tough teams. Uh, we ended up getting lucky and making it to the gold bracket so we could keep playing the tough competition. But uh, to me, I think like if you want to sign up and, and be a, a gold division, just stay in the gold division and if you're a a silver team they they probably want to stay in the, the silver division also
1: yeah yeah i agree and so i'm i was looking through their website i mentioned this to steve earlier today And I noticed that they advertised balanced competition. It says thousands of teams from across the country and around the world join us each season for a week of competitive, well-balanced tournament play. So my guess is that's what they're referring to as well-balanced is they try to put similar competitive teams together for pool play. And I do feel like if you look at this as a, not as a traditional tournament, like you could never get away with this for like a weekend tournament at all. Right. But like, if you're looking at this as like an experience and you want to have a fun week, we did have a great week playing really good competition. It was great for our team. So it wasn't like the worst thing in the world, but it does make it really hard to get in, not only just to get into the gold bracket, but to get into the gold bracket and get in and play the other competitive teams because half your competitive teams are going to end up in the silver bracket and half the weaker teams are going to end up in the gold bracket just based on on how they structured it so it is definitely more about the experience i think and less about um having everybody finish like in the with like the correct place that they should end up having or whatever if that makes sense
2: yes and
0: then also too what were we what were we ranked at fifth i think that they're sixth?
2: I think we're the fifth seed.
0: Yeah. So we were the fifth seed out of 32 teams. And for that championship game day, we get set for that 8 a.m. game. And as the day progressed, like we didn't make it very far. But as the, t- the day progressed, that championship game, wasn't that supposed to start at like 10 p.m.?
2: It started really late.
0: Uh, yeah, because I think it also got delayed. So, I mean, technically, I don't even think they started playing till 11 at night. Like, could you imagine... Like, and we were six seed, like those poor teams, like it just was a very long day, and it was weird the The pool play and the bracket play were weird, but great competition, and we probably played the best we've ever played together as
2: a team it, I would say it was the best time we've ever had together, for sure,
0: yeah, yeah, just amazing plays, amazing hits, just a lot of fun, so take it for what it's worth, right. Yeah.
1: I think people who are thinking about going to this tournament just know it's definitely more about the five to six days prior to the bracket day, the Thursday or whatever, than it is about that actual day because it's just a weird day. Everybody's kind of in a weird seating. And like Stephanie said, it could be hopefully for your team. It's a really long, long, long day. But it's not the worst thing in the world.
0: No, true. And they did get championship rings and trophies for the silver and gold bracket. The gold bracket winners did have a bigger trophy, and we can include those pictures if you want.
1: I feel like this is a good time to mention um, something, Steve, you had mentioned prior to recording, the uh, advice you may have for a coach looking to come here regarding lodging. Before and after the tournament, especially yes. if you're going to make it to like that championship game at ten o'clock at night or whatever.
2: Yes. Yeah. So the coaches that are that are staying with the the boys um, the day before you get there. Like you guys already had a um, a house rented out. Mm-hmm. and for me and my son and uh, the other coaches uh, they had their families going down there so they had a place to stay but it was just me and my son so we had to find a place to, to stay the day before and then on Wednesday when everybody has the day off to go do do something um, you're gonna need a place to stay or you're gonna stay by yourself with nobody at, at the ball fields because on Wednesday there's nobody there mm. and then um, after the tournament if you go deep um you're going to need a, a place to stay that night because uh, they have another tournament rolling in the very next day.
1: Yeah. Because checkout is also um, on Thursday and the day of bracket yep. play. Right. And that was one thing that wasn't real clear to us going in. We weren't sure if we checked out Thursday
0: or Friday, but right. Yep. Absolutely. And then, The last thing was um, concessions, which was one of Diana's favorite. (laughs) Not just concessions,
1: but the pretzels. Steve, did you ever have a concession pretzel?
2: I did not. Oh my
1: gosh. (laughs) Now you have to go back. Like, I Just don't ever even get stuff from concessions, but I had, like, three other pretzels. They're, apparently, Stephanie said they're Bavarian pretzels, and I don't know what that means, but if that's what a Bavarian pretzel is, bigger they're really good. And fat and, yeah,
0: yummy, yeah. They're
1: bigger, and they're really greasy and, like, well-salted, and they had this, like, mm-hmm. white, zesty queso to dip them in, and they had really, really good pretzels at the concessions. But I don't know. Yeah. Stephanie, why don't you talk about the other concession items?
0: Yeah, so concessions also had the hamburgers. They had wraps. I heard hot dogs. So, and that's where you could go get your ten meal voucher as well. When the kids weren't able to do the cafeteria meals,
2: yeah, each voucher was ten dollars, and the, well, the pretzels were really expensive.
0: No, no, they were
1: like four or four fifty. They weren't. They weren't oh, really? any more than that. So, Steve, your concession voucher was was ten dollars.
2: $10. Yeah. It, so basically, they made it to uh, every meal there was was roughly around $10. Some of them were a little bit more. So you'd have to pay a dollar. Um, okay. Yeah. You get a hamburger and french fries and it was like nine bucks. And oh, uh, then okay. you could then go that grab more drink, sense. Yeah. You could go grab a drink then and it was $10.
0: Okay. That's good then.
1: If somebody is sending their kid there next year or they're a coach attending there, w- would you send them with extra money? If so, how much do you think they would need? Or, or are they going to be pretty well covered with what's there?
2: They really don't need any extra money um, for what they feed the kids. It's pretty adequate. I would say if your kid's a big, big eater, then maybe send them with some extra money. I think for the most part, most of our kids were were fine for were, were the amount of food that they gave them.
1: OK. All right. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Did you ever end up having to do your laundry there, Steve?
2: Good question. So they do have laundry there, but there's a lot of teams there and I never went in there. Um, cause I heard that it was like busy all the time. Um, mm. so what I did myself was that there was a laundromat right down the road and, uh, we took our clothes there. You, you will go through some laundry there. I think we showered like three times a day cause it was so hot and sweaty. Yeah. So, and, and the kids do go through quite a bit of clothes, um, advice for a team going into there. I would have, like, five uniforms. It's a lot easier than trying to, if you only had, like, three, um, getting all the kids' clothes washed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, then you just have to kind of do, like, one big wash, and you could do that on Wednesday even. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to second what Steve said because I had a lot of experience, a lot more than I wanted, with the on-site laundry. And I originally was like, this is going to be a good learning experience for my kids. Like, they already do their own laundry at home. For the most part, I help with, like, baseball pants and stuff like that, but they wash their normal everyday clothes. So I thought, well, this will be good for them. That says they have laundry on site, so I'll just send them with a laundry bag. I'll send them with all the laundry soap and everything they need, and they can just do it themselves. Well, they have a very tiny laundry facility, and when I was there um, walking up to it because I had washed everybody else's like jerseys the night before, but my own kid didn't manage to get his stuff in there. So I thought, oh my gosh, I have to go wash his stupid clothes. And he was playing a game, so I couldn't have him do it then. So I thought, well, I'll go wash him while he's warming up for his game. And there was a coach standing outside the laundry facility, like ringing, like sopping wet clothes. And he's like, good luck going in there. He said "A a bunch of people came in before me He said, stop my laundry before it was done, before it had even done the like spin cycle and took my clothes out and threw them on the table. And they were sopping (gasps) wet and they hadn't finished cleaning. Oh, no. So he was like wringing them out and then having to rewash them and everything. And there's piles of laundry backed up waiting. They only had like six or seven machines for washers and dryers. A couple of them were down and the dryers took forever. You had to go through at least two cycles. Now, the laundry was free. So there was that. So it is there on site for like an emergency purpose. And since I had to go several times, I noticed that the best time was like during the early afternoon when everybody was playing games. Mm. But I would say, yes, the laundry is there. Yes, it can be done if it absolutely needs to be done. But it's so much easier to just have the kids throw their clothes um, in a laundry bag and send it home with you every three or four days and just do it yourself because it is not the most convenient thing to do and they may lose things they may not get <laughs> things clean and so yeah just it's there but I would say don't count on it
2: absolutely and it's All good right. to
1: know there's a laundry mat like right next door for coaches like Steve said I didn't realize that
2: yeah their machines yeah. were a lot better than what was provided at the ball fields that's for sure
1: I am positive I'm positive it was much faster
0: <laughs> So we definitely appreciate your expertise in the area, Steve. So we're going to say goodbye to you and thank you very much.
2: Thank you, guys. Yeah, Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks, Steve. Have a good night.
2: You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. We didn't want to keep Steve any longer than necessary, but we do have a few other things to go through. Um, Steve had already talked about the fact that they had lots of snacks in the room for the kids um each parent on our team kind of coordinated like to make sure we didn't bring duplicates like i'll bring trail mix you bring granola bars somebody else bring meat sticks whatever so we had an entire table worth of snacks you're going to want to have one or two big coolers with ice they have ice on the facility um as stephanie noted earlier or in our previous episode the ice machine was down at least once so there were times where we had to bring in ice for them so just keep just keep that in mind there is ice there but there's so many people going through it and it's mhm Such a stupid location that a lot of people are going through a lot of ice. So know that it it may just be best to have somebody bring in a big bag of ice every day to refill that cooler to have cold, you know, cold waters, cold Gatorades, cold drinks for the boys. We we'll post a link to the packing guide that Ballparks of America provides. For the most part, it's pretty common sense items. It's like go enlist their whole uniform Mm -hmm. and all the other clothes they'll need. There's a few things on there that may be helpful, but we wanted to kind of really drive home a few that may or may not be mentioned and a few on here that I know for sure are not mentioned that you may want to consider packing for your coach or your player.
0: Absolutely. Some of those are like laundry bags because um, at our condo we were bringing their laundry back to ours and then we were washing it and cleaning it that way so then it's just easier to transport it so I would even say like more than one would be nice. for breeze because they're 13 year, year old boys so it's stinky definitely need that
1: when you say Febreze do you mean like the fabric freshener or do you mean like room air freshener the room air freshener but yeah that could work too
0: say what you yeah your air freshener
1: oh okay I assume Both. like when I hear Febreze I think of like the fabric but oh a softener yeah no no the fabric refresher that you spray on clothes to help get the stink out of clothes like to me that's what seriously Febreze I thought is. that
0: was room spray I didn't know you like actually sprayed your clothes
1: really the thing that's in a spray bottle it's, yes. Yeah, you spray like upholstery. It's for fabric. It like takes the I stink out of I just spray the room. But they do make room <laughs> air freshener as well. And so, yeah, you need both. Maybe even the room air. You might need the room air freshener more than the fabric refresher. Yes. But the fabric refresher is not a terrible idea in case they aren't able to get to the laundromat. (laughs) That is true, too. (laughs) Yeah, it got, I couldn't believe it because we were moving in on moving day and all the boys were clean and all their things were clean and the room already stunk.
0: Yeah, it had a funky smell to it already. It's so the, the cleats, I think. Oh yeah, it yeah, it smelled like wet or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. just yeah, not good. Um, so a shower caddy, obviously, to bring your stuff back and forth to your showers. Um, flip flops, you know, because you're not going to want your bare feet on those floors. Someone also said hooks off of the bunk bed to hang up your wet towels, and I was like, oh. Like some of those disposable ones, those are kind of, that's a good idea.
1: I brought one of those hooks, but they had posts, like a bunk bed post sticking up. There's four of them, you know, on each oh. bunk bed. And I'm like, oh, why did I get a hook? They could have just thrown it over the post, which is what they did. The hook is fine if you want to be fancy, but yeah. you
0: you could just also throw it over that post as well. That's true. Um, Hangers to hang up jerseys and things like that and their little lockers, because not all the dorms had hangers. A fly tape is a moss, like we've discussed. The flies yeah, were crazy. Flies were awful. Yeah. Wiffle ball stuff to play with at night. That's huge popular something for the kids to do.
1: They did sell it in their little common store, but it was actually most of the stuff in this store was pretty reasonably priced, but the wiffle ball yes. stuff was
0: kind of expensive. So pack oh, that. Oh, that's good to know. Soft toilet paper. I find that kind of funny, but I was like, okay, I will. Was bring that a you... coach
1: request? Because my yes! kids definitely never complained about that. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my husband tried to blame it on my son, and he was like, oh, yeah, he needs it. And I was like, I'm sure he does. Yeah, (laughs) it probably was a coach thing. Um, I said powder Gatorade mix because going into some of those grocery stores, it was busy, busy. And some things were hard to find. So the powder where you could just mix it into your gallon water jugs or put them into your water bottles was a little bit easier than trying to buy a million bottles of Gatorade.
1: That's a really good tip. And not only that, but my understanding is that a lot of places there's like this nationwide Gatorade shortage right now. Really, Don't know if that's true but yeah in a lot of places you can't find Gatorade but maybe if you could find the Gatorade powder
0: uh-huh yes yeah, so the next thing would be like gallon water jugs for the kids um just fill those up because they have the ice and they have water there like it it's hot it was hot yeah
1: they did have a water like a water fountain
0: with a bottle filling station and for
1: us it was literally right across from their dorm across the hall they could go fill up their water bottles with is that what it's called? A water bottle filling station. Yeah. Yes. So you're fancier than I am. I tell my kids just to fill up their water bottle there every day. But yeah, yeah no, that's if a you good don't idea. trust that water. You could bring in
0: some. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. I also said, which is probably against the rules because they say no coolers are allowed, which I'm assuming they're thinking like big, giant coolers. But man, it's I said for parents to bring in some soft, um, smaller coolers because it is it is hot out there and when we had double headers like i didn't want to have to keep running to the concession stand for $4 Gatorades for my entire family and then you're hot again in the next hour so i we just bought a soft cooler from the store put some ice in it and brought our drinks in in my bag yeah <laughs> so that- Nobody
1: knew. We we brought in a small cooler, too, because um, I think at the time I didn't even know we weren't supposed to bring coolers because I didn't read all that stuff they sent me online. And there's no sign (laughs) set up that say no cooler. So there's not. I assumed it was okay, But, yeah, I've since seen that they weren't allowed. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, there were also no cooler police as far as I could see. So as long as you kept it small and you weren't obnoxious with your cooler and you still spent some money at the concessions like we did on pretzels and such. (laughs) They seem to be okay -okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, listen, I'll buy a
0: pretzel. Just let me bring my water bottle. I'll buy another one. Don't worry. Yeah. The next thing would be an extra blanket at night because I was like, oh my God, the air conditioning, like, what if it's not working? But when I went in and everybody wasn't going in and out of the doors, I was like, Oh, it's actually pretty cool in here. It feels nice.
1: really cold in there. It was amazing. Yes. I know. I was shocked at how well the air conditioning worked, especially
0: considering you know those doors are opening and closing all day long. Absolutely. So, but yeah, sometimes it's nice to have that extra blanket at night. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think we've mentioned everything. Anything else?
1: I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I want to make sure you understand you do have to bring, like, when you go there, it's just a mattress. There might be a mattress cover or whatever, but like, definitely know that you want to put down a bottom sheet and a blanket for them to cover up with. They do need a pillow, they do need a towel. Based on Steve's recommendation, I actually got a sleeping bag liner or a summer sleeping bag for uh, both of my kids. And that, Seemed to be perfect for them. It zips, uh, it has two zippers, so you can kind of like zip inside it, but unzip the bottom so your feet can stick out if you're hot. Oh. It's just really, really lightweight. Uh-huh. So they brought that so they could just sleep inside of that. It has like a little pocket that you can stuff your pillow inside of, and then they had an extra blanket to put on over top of that. So I figured if it was hot, because I didn't know, they could take the blanket off and they just have that nice light sheet over top of them. And then if it was cold, they had their nice uh, warm blanket to throw on over top of it. So um, know that you do oh, have to bring that. That's a really that. good idea. The other thing we didn't mention in this episode is that it's very low key in terms of you're going to see your kid every day at games or at opening ceremonies or at the skills competition or whatever it is. And you can kind of come and go with them as you need to. Like a coach always has to be with the kids at all times on site, but like there's no check in, check out process. And so there were times. There were like two or three times where people took their kids for a bit. And you don't have to if you really want to fully get everything you can out of the dorm experience and you Mm -hmm. want to save some money. They could just stay there the whole time. Um, Wednesday, they wouldn't have anything to eat. There's no reason they can't sleep there, though. They can still stay there Tuesday night, Wednesday night. You would just have to figure out a food situation for everybody. But um, if you want your kids, you want to take them to go do fun things, um, you can kind of work that out with your coach and take them and leave them as necessary. So, yeah, it's just very chill. It's, I said in the other episode, it's like ballparks of America is like your cool uncle. And it's just, they just (laughs) want everyone to have a good
0: time. (laughs) And they did. They did. Like, like I said, it's like, It's like a summer camp, but you're doing baseball and you get, yeah, it's just freedom and they had fun and it it was a great experience.
1: Yeah, I I think it's something that my kids are going to remember forever. And I really hope that we get to do it again with my younger son because I just they just had an absolute blast. And I think the thing that surprised me the most is I knew the kids were going to have fun, but like the
0: parents, it was really fun for us, too. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Just great competition, and it was great baseball. It was fun watching.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned this either, but in terms of the quality of play, there were literally everywhere from like single-A teams all the way up to like real competitive majors-level teams. So we played six pool games, and we did not play—how do I say this? Every team was from a different state. So we played six teams from six different states. So we played a team from California, from Texas, from Louisiana, from Illinois. I don't remember the others. Oh, well yeah, yeah, we're the team from Panama. Yeah, oh yeah, and, and from a different country, yeah, and we yeah. Played, and we had to play a team from Panama twice. Go figure. Yes, um, who ended up eliminating us? They were a really fun team.
0: Yeah, they were good.
1: Yeah, they were really good. But uh, that in and of itself was just was just a lot of fun. It was nice because there were nine teams from Michigan, but this was not one of those tournaments where you're like, I can't believe I just drove four states to go play another team from Michigan that I played. No, we never played them, and obviously we could have run across them in bracket play, but we were lucky and we didn't. So there's just going to be teams from all
0: over and it's it's just a really good time for everybody. Absolutely. I think that's a wrap on this episode and your unofficial survival guide. On deck next week, we have our other unofficial guide to the Ripken experience where we will go more in depth with all the ins and outs of its tournament and give you our best tips to help you feel super prepared and make the most out of your time in Myrtle Beach.
1: Yep, absolutely. In the meantime, keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Moms and
0: Baseball. And make sure to subscribe and share with all your friends. Also there at the tournament, uh, we were playing a night game and a couple of teams came over and I was wearing my mom's in baseball (laughs) bag. And I heard it twice, but I kind of ignored it because I you just never know with kids. I don't know if they were making fun of me or not, but they were like, I like your bag. I like your bag. And I was like, they're not talking to me. And then I turned around and the boy made eye contact with me and he said, I like your bag. And I was like, oh, it's my mom's in baseball podcast bag. Like, thank you. Do you guys listen to podcasts? And he was like, not really. And I said, you should. And he was like, do you run it? And I was like, well, I'm on it. And I said, I can give you a shout out. So I need to give a shout out to next level. They're from Georgia and they were an awesome team. They cheered and everything. And they were all about um, listening to moms and baseball podcasts. So there you go, boys.
1: There you go. You gave your shout out. I love it. That's
0: right. That's right. (laughs)
1: Perfect. So if you are associated with this tournament and you have more information to provide, feel free to reach out to us and we will provide any updated information or corrections in our show notes and on our website. Um, Or if you just want to get in touch and let us know, hey, we were there too. Feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. Until next week,
0: have fun at the fields. We'll see you next week. But I was like, they told us the check. It was like between a certain amount of time. And I was like, right in the middle. Like, I was like, I thought we were okay. Stephanie, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. I know. I know. (laughs) I should remember that. Dang it. I know. You (laughs) met two hours early. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, nice.